Hey, what's going on? It's Anthony Dean, and you're listening to Change the Game Podcast. Now, on our last episode, obviously, we talked about boxing with the Anthony Joshua-Andy Ruiz match, the Deontay Wilder-Victor Ortiz match, but moving away from, from sports into an entirely different galaxy. That's right. This episode is... Your Star Wars Change the Game special, uh, the lead up to the ninth movie in the franchise, in the Skywalker saga, I suppose, titled Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. So, I saw the movie last night, won't get into any spoilers, won't really talk about that movie in terms of what actually happened Mostly just the speculation and all of people's questions and whether or not they are relevant. We'll talk about the sequel trilogy. We'll get into the prequels and the original trilogy. Tell you which films I think are the best films. We're going to talk about some of the other Star Wars material. The shows, the games, the books, how they all relate. To the story of Star Wars at hands. And why Star Wars is so important. And you know that's how we're going to start off this Star Wars special. By just explaining to to those in the audience who aren't familiar with Star Wars. Don't know the story. Never seen any of the movies. I know people like that. I know you're out there and you're listening thinking. Well why the heck should I watch Star Wars? Why should I waste my time watching nine movies well first of all if you want to go with the movies just stick to six but why should you watch star wars it's a good question you know it's an old franchise there are plenty of better franchises out there right there's the the avengers oh yeah endgame came out fantastic movie the the follow-up to infinity war amazing movies right so we've got that what's the point of star wars well If it weren't for Star Wars, there would be no Avengers. There would be no Spider-Man movies. None of those comic book movies that we all love. I love them too. Don't get me wrong. They wouldn't be here without Star Wars. So nothing is better to me in terms of box office and just great movies than a great Star Wars movie. Believe me, if a fantastic Star Wars movie came out, With the credibility like an Avengers Endgame. It could destroy that record. So. Think about that for a second. But. You know why else should you watch Star Wars? So. You don't have to watch the movies to get into Star Wars. You can start off. The Mandalorian. The show on Disney Plus. What an excellent show. Uh, I just watched. The seventh episode, the most recent today. Uh, I am a huge fan of this show about Mando protecting, affectionately referred on the internet as Baby Yoda, but the child, obviously it's not Yoda. And so this is where I'm going to say, for those of you who have never seen any of the Star Wars movies, the original trilogy, or the prequels, or any of those, And don't want anything spoiled. Or for The Mandalorian. 
anything that I talk about from here on out will be spoilers. So, if you don't want Star Wars, anything about Star Wars to get spoiled, cut it off right now. Now, if it's just for The Mandalorian, um, five minutes. Go five minutes in. So, I'm going to talk about this show for about five minutes. And then you'll be good uh, to go through the rest of the episode. But, Mando protecting Yoda. Obviously, Yoda is not alive anymore. He is dead. He dies in Return of the Jedi. The Mandalorian, of course, is the follow-up. I guess not a direct follow-up, but it follows after the events of Return of the Jedi and before the events of The Force Awakens. That's the context of the story. John Favreau is the creator of the show, and he's the original director of the very first Iron Man movie, an incredible director. Uh, he's done a great job with this show. It is epic. It's like a Western in the Star Wars universe. Uh, maybe my favorite favorite episode is the sixth episode, chapter six. I mean, my man Bill Burr is in there. Chapter six, the prisoner. They go to the prison. That's a great episode. They set him up. Mando, they trap him in the prison cell. He escapes because he's amazing. He's awesome. And he goes right through, captures everybody, and then takes the prisoner that they were hired to save. Double crosses them with the tracker for the rebellion to blow up their little place. I mean, Mando is just awesome. Baby Yoda, the child, is awesome. Mando obviously saves the child from being killed by that Q90, the, the robot. But, man, I'm just, I'm very happy that The Mandalorian has been such a successful show. It proves that there can be great stories told in the Star Wars universe still. They don't just need to rely on past movies to do so. That's how Star Wars is. It's about telling a great story. The original trilogy told a great story prequel trilogy told a great story get into the sequel trilogy later but it exists there is a final movie coming out but the mandalorian fantastic show listen it's 12.99 to get disney plus and espn plus and hulu in a bundle i mean that's a pretty spectacular deal get in with a friend if you want it's six bucks, six fifty a month. Just Disney Plus alone is just six ninety nine. So I mean, you could just do that, do that with a friend, do what you gotta do. But watch this stuff. I'm not advocating streaming illegally or anything like that. But find a way to watch this. This show, it's great. It's fantastic. I love it. You know, and then another great show. So, you know, you're obviously still asking the questions. I know. Trust me, I know. Star Wars fans, you're asking the question, well, so what? That's one show. What else do you got? Star Wars Clone Wars. Not Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is a fantastic animated show in itself that started in 2008. Star Wars Clone Wars. 
It's a TV miniseries from 2003. Came out right after The Clone Wars. Or excuse me, Attack of the Clones came out in the theaters. And this show is fantastic. It's got a very unique artwork similar to that of Samurai Jack. If you are a fan of Samurai Jack, let me tell you, it's Star Wars in Samurai Jack animation and storytelling. It's great. It's fantastic. General Grievous in this one is absolutely fantastic. His opening scene when he's hunting those Jedis, what a great scene. Just great animation. Anakin showing his inner Vader. And really just an awesome animated series. It's not long. You can look it up on YouTube. It's two and a half hours. Not that long to go through. Fantastic show. Like I said, Samurai Jack fan, you're going to be a fan of Star Wars Clone Wars. And that just gets me to thinking, you know, we got to go over the original six Star Wars movies. Why they're great movies. Why you should watch them. We'll start from in the order that they were released. So Star Wars A New Hope released in the theaters in 1977. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You know, A New Hope is awesome from start to finish. I think it's about the third best Star Wars movie. There are only two that I would put ahead of it. But Star Wars A New Hope is great. Darth Vader making his entrance early. He's known. The characters, you love them. Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2. The fact that you have two droids walking across Tatooine delivering exposition, and it's really interesting. The fact that you can pull that off, that's just something that you never saw in a movie before, and this is the movie that changed the game. Like I said before, without this, there is no Avengers Endgame. No portal scenes, no Thor, uh, Captain America is worthy, Thor and Wakanda. None of those scenes happen without the creation of Star Wars. And then, of course, its sequel, The Empire Strikes Back. But A New Hope is a great story in setting up everything. I believe if you're being introduced to Star Wars, the proper way to watch it is to start from A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and then Phantom Menace, Attack the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. Those six movies in order. You have to watch those. And then you can fill in the details watching the other movies. But you don't show people chronological order. You show them the first six first. And you start with A New Hope. Great way to start off the series. You're introduced to Luke Skywalker. And then you're introduced to the, the enemy Darth Vader. And Luke blowing up the Death Star. Obviously, you know, I'm skipping over a whole lot of details with... Ben Kenobi, old Ben, as he was known, Obi-Wan Kenobi, back in the day as a fierce warrior, a Jedi Knight, you know, and you're just told of the times, we know because of the prequels, what happens, but when you're starting off watching, you don't know, you just know this old guy, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he takes Luke under his wing, he tells him about his father, who was apparently betrayed and murdered by this Darth Vader, his former student. And then, of course, you meet Han Solo and Chewbacca at the bar, Mos Eisley. I mean, there's just so much to love about this movie. Iconic music. I know they added stuff from the re-releases that, you know, does bog down the original trilogy a bit. 
And there are some changes that I like. Empire Strikes Back changing Emperor Palpatine to his, you know, the way he looks. Not, you know, because I have the VHSs of the original trilogy and he looks horrible <laughs> in the original cut. Because I have the VHS of the original releases, like when they were released originally in the theaters, not the re-releases. That's what is on Disney Plus and on your DVD or Blu-ray copies that you may have of the films. But the one thing I always hated is how they changed Han shooting first. Han Solo killed Greedo. Greedo didn't get off a shot. But they wanted to change him because he's a good guy. So he, they digitally move him to the left a little. Or to his right of the bullet. And he shoots just after. But re- really we all know. Han shot first. That's that's my opinion on that debate. Put that to bed. You know we're, we're not getting into that anymore. You know this has changed the game. And... Sometimes I am tired of Star Wars changing things. That's one thing that that drives me crazy about Star Wars. But anyway, you know, A New Hope, great film. Blowing up Alderaan, terrible. Princess Leia's home planet, they got to rescue her. I mean, there's just so much to love about it. The Death Star rescue scene, that's just, it's, it's basically cinematic perfection. And the whole story that's set up, and then Luke watches Darth Vader kill Ben Kenobi. You know, and so at this point he has he has kind of a hatred for Darth Vader. And then of course, you know, he blows up the Death Star and you know it just wraps up a a great story. One of the best Star Wars movies ever made. It was the first one, and then you get to the best Star Wars movie ever made. The best or second best, I should say. Empire Strikes Back. And this one starts off with a bang on the ice planet Hoth. That's a great scene, the Hoth battle, Darth Vader trying to find Luke Skywalker, of course. You know, he he ends up discussing it with Emperor in that scene that I was talking about, the son of Anakin Skywalker. So he's got to find him. And, you know, there's just so much, I'm just thinking, there's just so much great things about empire strikes back it's everything that was awesome about a new hope and taken to another level you love the banter between the gang and and a new hope well they give you plenty more of it they give you han solo and the millennium falcon flying through an asteroid field i mean what a great and john williams stepping it up with his score i mean that's that's one thing you always got to say about every star wars movie is that john williams music does not disappoint and certainly doesn't in this one. It's the best it's been. Best it's ever been. Besides one other movie possibly. Two other movies at that. Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. Rival it. And Return of the Jedi as well. And of course the original A New Hope. They're all fantastic. Attack of the Clones. Probably the weakest one. But still a very strong soundtrack as well. Out of the original six movies. But man. Empire Strikes Back is just a great watch. Again, watching through it, it's just amazing how such a long movie just flies by in time. And Luke going to Dagobah, getting trained from Yoda, and then leaving to confront Darth Vader. He sets up that trap on Cloud City. Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. And you get the the confrontation you've been waiting for. Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader. You know, meanwhile, 
Lando and them. Lando, obviously, Lando Calrissian comes into the picture, betrays them, but then betrays the Empire. He had no choice with the Empire, so they're going to try to rescue Han. They can't rescue him from Boba Fett. So that's set up. Meanwhile, Luke and Vader are fighting. And Vader cuts off Luke's hand, and then you've got the ultimate moment. And this is where Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back has thrown its hat into the ring for best movie of all time. You could definitely make the case, in my opinion, that it's you could just say it's, it's the best movie of all time. It's one of my favorites of all time. So if it is, it's in the discussion. And that is, it has without a doubt the greatest plot twist in cinematic history where Vader tells Luke that he doesn't realize his importance and he tells him to join him. And Luke obviously goes, I'll never join you. And if you only knew the power of the dark side, you know, it's just it builds up to this moment. And he says, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. Of course, he told me enough. He told me you had killed him. And then that iconic line. No, I am your father. I mean, come on now. You can't tell me you weren't shocked. I remember watching that for the first time, just being floored by it. I can't wait to have kids and see their reaction to it. That's why you have to start this way because of that that freaking plot twist where you're looking at the bad guy that Luke Skywalker is supposed to defeat and you are told that he, he's the man's father. I mean, that's just that's gold right there. Absolute gold. Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, of course. And so you end off on a crazy note now the one problem with empire is the ending is just so ambiguous but man it's just that type of movie where you're just kind of like sitting there like stunned it's one of those movies that you know i had no idea what it was like to because when i watched it i got to watch return of the jedi right after so i didn't grow up with that movie coming out in theaters that would have been crazy to know that you had to wait three whole years to see the conclusion to that apparently people went to therapy for it that's insane (laughs) people really went to therapy for that that's hilarious that's hilarious that people really went to therapy over a movie but that just goes to show you how crazy it was it really was a crazy idea that the bad guy was the good guy's dad so you move to another great movie return of the jedi Again, love Return of the Jedi. It's not as strong as Empire Strikes Back. It, I don't think it's as good as A New Hope either, but it still has its moments. Yes, Ewoks are annoying, but whatever. I think people trash them too much. The, the opening segment, getting Han out of Jabba's palace is great. You know, Luke going to Dagobah and trying to complete his training, but Yoda obviously dies in a sad moment and tells Luke he needs to face Vader again. And, you know, the whole movie is building up to the rematch between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. But the whole point is Luke is trying to get Anakin Skywalker back from Darth Vader. You know, and there's a whole convoluted plan to destroy the second Death Star. You know, basically the same as A New Hope. And that's where the problem lies. All the juicy stuff from Return of the Jedi and the complaints to have, like killing off Boba Fett, even though he doesn't actually die, he climbs out of the Sarlacc pit, but still, that's annoying. And then you get to 
the final climactic battle, and this is why Return of the Jedi is awesome, because the final confrontation is just amazing. Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker with Emperor Palpatine in the back. Good. Good. With that creepy old voice in the background wanting the son Luke to kill the father Anakin or Vader and become his new apprentice. And eventually he wants him to strike down the Emperor as well so Luke can take the throne. Luke refuses in the end. He has the opportunity to kill his father. He doesn't do it. Emperor Palpatine is prepared to wipe him out with that force lightning. Vader steps in and saves him. They added the stupid no clip, which kind of ruins the moment. The moment is way better on the VHS. I will say that for sure. That was a change that really bothered me they changed it on the blu-ray release Ugh, they never should have done that that being said return of the jedi is still a great movie again i really enjoy watching that one and then you go to the phantom menace to prequels the phantom menace gets hated on a lot as do all the prequels they're not bad movies like i've been trying to say before the phantom menace has its flaws don't get me wrong jar jar binks is very annoying there's annoying stuff, but at the end of the day, the story itself to me is interesting in that you see Palpatine is controlling all of this. He's he's telling the Trade Federation what to do, and then he's Palpatine acting like he's helping the Naboo, but he's really just gunning to create a war. That's what he's trying to do. And to have a war, you need to have seeds planted. A war just doesn't appear out of nowhere. It just doesn't go from peace to war in seconds. It's one thing that people have to understand when criticizing the prequels is that it's a process. And looking at Palpatine, the one scene from The Phantom Menace that I remember was during Qui-Gon Jinn's funeral when Yoda and Windu say who was the master and who was the apprentice as they assume Darth Maul to be killed. The camera pans and focuses in on Palpatine, who's just staring ahead. And you know he could hear everything that they were saying. He's one step ahead of the Jedi. The Sith that they're looking for is right in front of them. And it's it's a great foreshadow right there. When he sees Anakin, we will watch your career with great interest. And you could just right then and there. That was his goal. He knew who he was. If you read Darth Plagueis at all, you know that Darth Plagueis created Anakin Skywalker. I know it's Legends now, so whatever. It's technically not canon, but Darth Plagueis created Anakin with the Force. And Palpatine knows this. He knows who this child is. This child is all-powerful. He's the GOAT. So, move into Attack of the Clones. And a lot of the complaints with this film are with the dialogue, which, again, George Lucas does not write the best dialogue. We, we can all admit that. The amount of hate that they get is unnecessary. I mean, listen, yes, Anakin th- says cringeworthy lines. He does. Trust me. I, I understand that Anakin delivers terrible lines, lines that should get you to strike out. But it's because this is a girl that he basically loves already. Because he met her when he was 10 as a slave boy. By the way, how awesome was the pod race scene in The Phantom Menace? You couldn't have loved that. 
And speaking of which, other things to love about the Phantom Menace. Just to, I feel like I've just disrespected the best part of the whole movie. The second best lightsaber duel ever. Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Maul. I mean, come on, when he takes out that double-bladed lightsaber, you lost your mind. I know I did when I first saw it. And, and, you know, I still get those goosebumps when I haven't watched The Phantom Menace in a while. And Darth Maul, both of those blades come out. You are just amped up to see Darth Maul go crazy with that. And he does go crazy for sure. So that was an awesome scene. Darth Maul overwhelms Qui-Gon Jinn. And Obi-Wan is just standing there helpless. Can't do anything about it. Obi-Wan gets revenge, cuts Darth Maul in half. He doesn't die. He survives. But at the time, you thought he was dead. And that's definitely a critique of the Phantom Menace. He shouldn't have done Darth Maul like that. He should have been in more movies. I wish he was. But still a great movie. A good movie. It's not great, I guess, but it's still good. You know, it's not bad. Like, stop hating on the Phantom Menace. It's a good movie. It's fun watch. I had I enjoyed watching it. I didn't fall asleep. Attack of the Clones again. Like I said, great moments in this one. Starting off, Jango Fett versus Obi Wan Kenobi on Kamino, and that's another great thing about the prequels is the the settings and people were complaining that they didn't look like the original trilogy but it's different the original trilogy is set up during the empire it's not a peaceful time so it's not going to have this sleek new technology but in the prequels it's a different time so it's a different style of machinery they have stuff is cleaner it's not hardened from war and that's what I liked about the prequel so much is it wasn't the original trilogy. It was different. That's good. Trying to tell a story. Telling the story of how Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker is going to become Darth Vader. Like, how does that happen? How does he get into the suit? How does he get turned to the dark side? How did Emperor Palpatine create the Empire? You know, this is what it's about. And Palpatine is just such a great character. You know, in The Phantom Menace, he becomes the Supreme Chancellor. And now, the droid armies, again, they're changing the tides of this war that Palpatine has obviously constructed. So, they have to build an army for the Republic. It's already been commissioned. They are already set up with chips in them ready to kill all the Jedi. This is not something that you know when you're watching it, but this is what's going to happen. They're ready to do it. They have Order 66. That's all Palpatine has to say. They have no idea, but they needed them. It's a great moment. The droids are all surrounding all those Jedi and Geonosis. And then the clones come in and save the day. Just great scenes all around. Sad that Mace Windu kills Jango Fett like that. That's savage that Boba Fett had to see it. Again, I need to see a Boba Fett movie for sure. He was always trying to kill Mace Windu. You know, I still don't think Mace Windu died. You know, it's not really canon what happened to him anymore. There are stories, though, that he lives. There are stories, but again, it's technically not canon. So <sighs> Kathleen Kennedy, remember she said for the new ones, it's hard to find Star Wars material because there's no source material. I mean, you did just wipe out the EU, but you could still use it at the same time. So I hope it's true that the next trilogy is going to be a John Favreau directed Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. That would be awesome. But getting back into Attack of the Clones, again, 
exciting movie. The love scenes, again, everybody's going to criticize Anakin's dialogue, and it's not great dialogue. But again, he's been waiting to see this girl for, what, 10 years? And he's grown up. He's grown up dreaming about her, as he said. I mean, that doesn't make sense to realize why he'd be messing up. He's not as confident around her because she's beautiful to him and and, hey don't get me wrong she was bad i mean come on when i was a kid i definitely had a crush on padme but i mean you 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 understand like palpatine again this is palpatine setting everything up he sends anakin knowing that anakin has a crush on padme sends them away to naboo where he knows that they can fall in love this is all part of his plan to turn him to the dark side using her against him Obviously, he goes to Tatooine in an incredibly sad scene, has his mother die in his arms, slaughters the Tusken Raiders, and here's my biggest complaint with Attack of the Clones. My biggest complaint when the Phantom Menace is annoying as Jar Jar is, is really that Darth Maul gets chopped down like that. It should have been a different ending. He should have been clearly walking away, you know, so you know that, and he would have been in the next movie. That's my biggest complaint with the Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones, my biggest complaint would definitely have to be that we don't see Anakin slaughter some of those Tusken Raiders. I mean, he did it viciously. I need to see some of that. You need some of that Vader out. Not just a quick start to it. I want to see a lot of that detail. But again, I guess it's a kid's movie. They're not going to show that. But they should have showed some of it. Come on now. But the great thing about Attack of the Clones, it's pretty obvious what it is. It has to be when Anakin and Obi-Wan fight Count Dooku and Count Dooku cuts off Anakin's hand, he impales Obi-Wan, Yoda shows up. Dooku tries to beat him with the force, but they're equals, you know, or Yoda's matched him. He catches his force lightning and everything. You know, they're not necessarily equals, but Dooku is powerful. Yoda is really powerful as well. Dooku says that that contest can't be decided by their use of the force, but by their skill with a lightsaber and draws his. And then you see Yoda ignite his lightsaber. I remember going to the theaters to see Attack of the Clones, and it was awesome when Yoda took out that lightsaber. I'll never forget it. And it still gives me goosebumps to this day when Yoda pulls out that lightsaber. You know you get hype seeing that, and you see all CGI, the complaints of George Lucas and CGI. How about the battle at the end of The Phantom Menace? You know, they use that in Avengers Endgame. Endgame copied The Phantom Menace, a terrible film, but that's just me. But back to Attack the Clones and Yoda just doing work. I mean, Yoda was just putting in that work. Come on now. That was awesome. All CGI, so you can't criticize CGI for that because it was a dope lightsaber battle. Dooku escapes. You know, Lord Sidious tells Dooku everything is going as planned. And he's right, it is. Great end scene showing all the clone troopers and then the little Darth Vader theme in a different tune, which was pretty cool. And then it transitions to Anakin and Padme, who fell in love, obviously, getting married on Naboo, a private wedding only attended by R2-D2 and C-3PO. And Anakin and Padme, of course. And that's how Attack of the Clones ends. Great movie, again. Listen, I'll rank the six Star Wars movies. In the next podcast, I'll rank 
all of them, including Rogue One, Solo, and the sequel trilogy after Rise of Skywalker. After I've seen it twice, I should say. I've seen it once. Not really going to talk about it in terms of what happened. Because want people to see it, get a chance to see it before I discuss that. But now we get to move to my favorite Star Wars movie, or my second favorite. Sometimes I can't decide, but Revenge of the Sith is amazing. Not good, great, bad, heck no. Not a chance is Revenge of the Sith bad. It is amazing. I love Revenge of the Sith. I love everything about it from the opening scene where Anakin and Obi-Wan are flying through a war above Coruscant. We have a whole segment of them flying. Great dialogue between Anakin, Obi-Wan, and then R2-D2 as well. Then they get onto the ship trying to rescue the Chancellor. And you see the rematch with Count Dooku. They get rid of Obi-Wan. And he's out. And Anakin and Dooku, he cuts off both his hands. He's setting him up for the kill. And Palpatine tells him to do it. And the classic, do it! And Anakin chops off Count Dooku's head. Savage killing. And you knew he felt uneasy about it. And that was his first little TikTok over to the dark side. Listen, the Jedi have mistreated Anakin from the start. You have to blame the Jedi mostly for Anakin's turn to the dark side when you think about it. Because they didn't treat him the way that they should. While Palpatine is treating him the way he is. A special being. The Jedi tell him to fall in line. And that's not something that he wants to do. He wants to be powerful. And he is powerful. You have to help him along with that. You know like when you have a superstar. You kind of cater to their needs in the NBA. Do you not? You change the rules up a little. They do it for LeBron James all the time. You know. College sports. They treat the stars better than the bench warmers. Come on now. That's an easy that's an easy one. You don't think Jalen Hurts is getting better treatment than the third string long snapper? Come on now. Over at Oklahoma. Come on now. Trevor Lawrence isn't getting better treatment than the third string long snapper. Come on now. It's the same way in, in Star Wars. The the GOAT needs to be treated like the GOAT. And they didn't treat Anakin Skywalker like he he was the GOAT. Palpatine did. He was letting him know that he was the GOAT, basically, at the end of the day. But you move into, there is a lot of exposition. It's annoying, the love stuff. You know, George Lucas is not the best at writing dialogue. We know that, but, like, there are flaws. So what? There's a lot of action in this movie. You go to Utapah. Palpatine has Anakin as his personal representative on the Jedi Council. And he knows that they're not going to make him a master. He knows that they'll ask him to spy on him. It shakes his faith in the council and it disrespects Anakin. Why don't you make him a master? Doesn't make any sense. Why not? If you're going to put him on the council, you know that's going to make him mad. Then you're only going to help him turn to the dark side by doing that. But they do it anyway because the Jedi were arrogant. You have to understand people who... Didn't like the prequels because it made the Jedi look stupid. Well, they were arrogant because you have to understand the history of Star Wars where there used to be a lot of Jedi and Sith. The Jedi had wiped them out, all but two. And so then the rule of two comes into effect for the Sith. 
the Jedi are so overconfident that the Sith can't beat them, but this is the movie where the tides turn. The Jedi get wiped out. Why? It's mainly because they let Anakin be turned. That's their fault. So you have the awesome speech with Anakin and Palpatine. Tells him the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. He said he could save others from death, but not himself. And you see how he says that. It's like, oh man, that was his master. The whole story he told, it's just... Palpatine was the best at telling that story and just evoking that evil sense in him. So Obi-Wan Kenobi goes to Utapa to face off against General Grievous. And then you get one of the best moments of the film just in terms of a good laugh. He jumps down. Hello there. And it's a great meme on uh, Reddit. Prequel memes if you've ever been on there. Awesome Reddit. Uh, Awesome scene now in the movie when he says hello there and you get the face off with grievous back away i will deal with this jedi slime myself and then you know he tells him he's been trained in the jedi arts by count dooku and he pulls out those four lightsabers and oh man it's bussing and he's spinning around in wheels and oh that's a great scene but obi-wan because he's so in tune with the force and he is he's 99 overall 100 overall on defense he's the floyd mayweather of jedi fighting style that defense is impenetrable and he cuts off two of grievous's arms quickly the clones come in it's a full-scale war and utapa And you cut to Anakin telling Mace Windu he finally learns the truth. That Chancellor Palpatine is the Sith Lord they've been looking for. Palpatine tells him the only chance of Padme being saved from dying in childbirth is by him going to the dark side and learning from Palpatine. Because Palpatine tells him that Darth Plagueis essentially learned how to stop himself from dying he taught everything to his apprentice and then his apprentice killed him obviously his apprentice was Darsidious Palpatine he's been feeding nightmares into Anakin's head just like he did with his mother now they're about Padme dying in childbirth because she's pregnant with Luke and Leia of course so Anakin is very paranoid at this point he doesn't want to lose the only person that he loves and it's an honorable sentiment you know, the great scene with him sitting in the the Jedi Council chambers, staring off into Coruscant with that little creepy no- uh, music. Padme at her crib, staring out the window. Same thing as Anakin's doing. Anakin decides he's got to save Darth Sidious. He's got to save him because he needs to stop Padme from dying. So he shows up and Mace Windu has confronted him. Palpatine kills off Kit Fisto and the other two Jedi that were with him. And he does it savagely in the books. Now they don't they don't show it like they did in the books. And I wish they had because that would have been dope. But it probably would have been an R-rated movie if they did that. It's pretty savage how he kills those other three Jedi. But Mace Windu does defeat him. He hasn't beat 
Palpatine shoots him with lightning, but he shoots the lightning back with his lightsaber. He starts scarring up his face. Anakin is there watching it happen. Windu's about to cut him down. And Anakin decides to chop off Mace Windu's arm. Palpatine hits him with the bolt of lightning. He played like he was done. Unlimited power. (laughs) I mean, that's just a crazy scene. And then it's just bone chilling. Palpatine's voice and just the whole scene. Learn to use the dark side of the force. I can't do his voice the way Palpatine can. I mean, it's just absolutely iconic. That scene to me, you know, people complain because, oh, Darth Vader's name just came out of thin air. How does any nickname come? It just comes out of thin air sometimes. It just happens. Sometimes names just don't mean everything that you want them to mean. They just came to you. So I have no problem with that decision. And then one of the coolest scenes in the movie is when Anakin's walking up the Jedi Temple stairs with that just fleet of clone troopers behind him Palpatine executes order 66 in an incredibly sad scene you see all the Jedi turn on their masters Ki Monday just sad deaths all around Ala Secura just blind spotted by the clones the sad music playing they tried to kill Obi-Wan of course Obi-Wan survives and then you get to the scene that probably is the most sad or second saddest depending on your view of the movie when Anakin goes into the Jedi Council and the younglings are there Master Skywalker there are too many of them what are we going to do and he sees he's got tears in his eyes and I think part of that is because they called him Master too that just even makes it sadder like man that's all he wanted to be was a Jedi Master and those kids called him and he still got to kill him. And all you see is him drawing the lightsaber. And they don't show. And I'm glad they don't show him killing the kids. That would have been absolutely savage if they did that. I mean it would have been great. But like you, you can't do that and not have an R-rated movie. That's That for sure. If Palpatine's killings of the Jedi weren't weren't enough. That would have been. Ooh, that would have been really brutal. Uh, kids couldn't see that. That's not something you should show to like little kids especially but it's a great movie it's an amazing movie what they did and then of course now it's all about the final battle obi-wan and yoda are the only jedi known that survived up to this point so they go back to coruscant emperor palpatine announces that they're changing the republic into the first galactic empire and that's how the empire is created and so obi-wan and yoda go to the jedi temple obi-wan finds out that it was anakin who did it and so they have to agree even though obi-wan doesn't want to do it to destroy the sith he has to kill darth vader anakin skywalker and so you get exposition He sneaks on Padme's ship as when he confronts Padme about Anakin turning. She goes to Mustafar. He knew she would do this. He snuck on her ship. And then, of course, it's Anakin versus Obi-Wan. 
Anakin chokes the almost chokes the life out of Padme. He didn't kill her though. Remember, he didn't kill her. And it's Obi-Wan versus Anakin. And this is the best lightsaber duel of all time. Plus, you've got mixed in Yoda versus Darth Sidious. Two great battles going on at the same time. You got the duel of the fates music playing. I mean, there's just not anything that you can't love about this scene, about this climactic battle that you've been waiting for. And it all builds. It's a draw between Yoda and Sidious, and it builds to the moment of truth. It's over Anakin. I have the high ground. Anakin says, you underestimate my powers, and tries to jump over him. Obi-Wan chops off both his legs and one of his arms. And that's it. He takes his lightsaber, which he'll give to Luke years later. And Anakin burns. Palpatine finds him. He resurrects him in a torturous process. And by the way, this isn't like they don't like actually outright say this in the films, but this is what happened. Palpatine sucked the life force out of Padme. That's what he did. That's why Vader knew she wasn't alive, but when he was finally created... She died. Did have the kids though. Luke and Leia. And so that's how the story ends. The story ends with. Obi-Wan giving baby Luke. To Owen Lars. Owen and Brie Lars. And them standing out looking in the sunlight. It's it's a great movie. Fantastic. Um, You know now that I talked about the original six. My rankings for the original six. Number one, as of now, is still Empire Strikes Back, the greatest plot twist of all time. A great final climactic battle. Absolutely amazing. Number two is Revenge of the Sith. Again, Empire and Revenge are in a class of its own, in my opinion. In Star Wars movies, Revenge of the Sith is number two by a slight hair. Number three, still an awesome movie, is A New Hope. You know, there's not really many bad things you can say about it. It's just not as good as the top two. And then Return of the Jedi, Ewoks, and some other things bog it down. Number five is going to be Attack of the Clones. Rounding out the top five, still a movie I enjoy a lot. Dialogue a bit clunky and a bit more changes that I would have personally made. And then coming in last place is The Phantom Menace. Still a great movie. And again, all these movies pretty much are better than everything that Disney has released, in my opinion, besides Rogue One. And so, that brings us to the sequel trilogy. And my thing is, the sequel movies aren't bad. You're a Star Wars fan if you love these movies. I'm not going to say, you're not a Star Wars fan. You're not a Star Wars fan if you thought The Last Jedi was a good movie. You're not a Star Wars fan. You are a disgrace. The Last Jedi was... Like, I'm... I'm not going to get into it like that. I'm just not really a huge fan of the sequel movies. They're decent. The Force Awakens is basically a New Hope clone. That's pretty much what it is. When you think about it, these new characters, Finn and Rey. I really like Finn. Interested in him more. A former stormtrooper gone rogue. I think that's very interesting. They don't really do a lot with his character, but they do some stuff with him. He's very interesting in this movie. I liked him a lot. I think that's one of the downfalls of the sequel trilogy is they didn't really do much with Finn. You know, Han Solo, he's older. Kylo Ren is an interesting character. 
Obviously, Ben Solo, the son of Han and Leia. Again, interesting character. Not enough done with him. And that's just my complaint about the whole trilogy, the trilogy as a whole, but really the first two just annoying. Like questions that people have about Rise of Skywalker. Still, who are Ray's parents? Who really cares? Why can't somebody just be force sensitive and not have this lore? Like, why does she have to have lore? Why does she seem to have to be overpowered the way that she is, the way that she schooled Kylo Ren, even if he was hurt? And now you're adding Palpatine into the mix? Like, why is Palpatine back? Yeah, that's a good question. Why is he? Because they're probably trying to do damage control. And that's my prediction before the movie came out. Was that they were trying to do damage control for The Last Jedi, which isn't a horrible movie. You know, it's not my favorite movie or anything. But, like, it's still not as bad as people want to make it out to be. The one thing I'll appreciate it for is taking risks. Because that's something that they don't do enough. And I think that the problem is Disney needs to focus on making good Star Wars stories like The Mandalorian. I think that if you enjoy the sequel movies, you should go out and see The Rise of Skywalker. I think if you didn't enjoy them, but you've seen them all, I think you should go to the theaters to see the movie. There's still going to be things that you liked seeing on the big screen. It's not going to be a waste of your time. It's not a bad movie. I liked it. I liked parts of it. That's all I'm going to say about it. I did like it. So if that take that to the bank. I will get into my thoughts legit on The Last Jedi, but there were things to enjoy about it. But the problem with the, the sequel trilogy as a whole is the member berries. There's a lot of enjoyable moments in these that are callbacks to the original trilogy. While the prequels' good moments stand out on their own, they're not original trilogy ripoffs. That's why I love the prequels. I love them even more now. Maybe it's also because I grew up with them, so I have nostalgia. Maybe, but I was interested by the movies. I had fun. I have more fun watching those movies than The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. That's just me. You know, and you can't say that there isn't material because there's games, there's books that have all told better stories than the sequel movies. But it is what it is. We're not boycotting. I'm not signing a petition to have this written off canon. It is what it is. They shouldn't have done what they did to the books and the extended universe. But again, it is what it is. People have to stop complaining about it. They're going to keep making Star Wars movies. The fanboys are what ruined the sequels. It's your fault for complaining so much about the prequels. They were good movies. Disney, my hope is that you guys just focus on making good stories like The Mandalorian, A+. I'm sure the Obi-Wan show is going to be an A+. Take a page out of Marvel's book and tell good stories. And Star Wars will be the number one franchise. It always has been, always will be. Still the number one movie franchise. If they can just start getting... Their storytelling consistent. Star Wars is going to retake over. I mean, The Mandalorian is the number one show right now. It's already beaten Stranger Things. It's been out how long? A month? Over a month now? And it's already beaten Stranger Things, which is on season three? Yeah. Star Wars is Star Wars. And you get a good story like that in the Star Wars universe, and it's ball game. Star Wars is king, and that's why you should go see Rise of Skywalker. Regardless of if you've liked the sequels or not, 
Go see it. If you haven't seen the sequels, I mean, go watch them. Even go watch a quick summary of them on YouTube. I would go see this movie regardless of if you've seen The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi in theaters. I think you should see this Star Wars movie. Why not? Maybe it's the last episode Star Wars movie, which would be interesting. I'm not sure if that's true, but hey, we'll never know. But unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for you today for Change the Game. Again, next week's episode is going to be part two of this Star Wars talk. We are getting into The Rise of Skywalker, my full thoughts on the movie. I will rank every single Star Wars movie, including the sequel trilogy, Rogue One, and Solo. We'll be talking about everything Star Wars Disney on the next episode of Change the Game. And listen, we've got a new website coming up, seethegame.com. That's right, you see the game, you change the game, and that's what we're doing here. We are changing the game Again, tune in for the next Star Wars episode. I know I promised other content, but Star Wars took over. I will have an NBA podcast up next week following the Christmas Day matchup of the Lakers and the Clippers. UFC will be coming soon. I've taken a little halt from that. I think I'll get into UFC in the lead up to the Conor McGregor fight maybe sooner. But we have much in store. The next Star Wars episode is going to be long as well. May go over an hour. We've got about 54 minutes on this episode. So another long Star Wars episode. Maybe not as long. Maybe I'll try to make it around 30 minutes. It's not going to be on as much stuff Star Wars related. We are going to get into a lot more stuff about Star Wars. Specifically the Rise of Skywalkers. Thank you for listening. Keep continuing to listen to my episodes. I'm uploading at least once a week. Thanks for tuning in to Change the Game.